Radio, the multicultural voice of Western Australia, broadcasting from Chuart Hill across the state and around the world. And in today's episode of Stranger on the Shore, I'm talking with Malika Kupsar. And Malika is here from Morocco, and she's going to introduce us to some of the delights of her country. So, welcome. Thank you. Now, Malika... Let's start off by exploring your name. <laughs> Let us start by exploring my name indeed. <laughs> so, Malika Bukhubza, um, or in Arabic it's pronounced Bukhubza. Bukhubza um, means father of the bread, and so baker, really, in English translation. And Malika means either an angel or a queen, depending on how you pronounce it. Okay. So, <laughs> well, why don't I pronounce it as angel? <laughs> so, uh, Malika, tell me a little bit about Morocco, the culture of Morocco, the the sort, I guess the the early history of Morocco. Okay, well, I'll I'll start by telling you a little bit about where Morocco is because it's not always a given that um, everyone everyone knows. <laughs> um, so if you um, look at where Europe is, and at the bottom of Europe there's Spain and the Detroit of Gibraltar and Portugal to, to the west, um, Morocco is at the very, very top of Africa. That's really... Um, you know, across the across the water from from the end of of Spain, so it's bordered by two seas: the Mediterranean Mediterranean Sea and the Atlantic Sea Ocean. Sorry, and it's literally ten kilometers from Europe. So, because that strait is very very narrow. So, and I mentioned the geography because that just leads to all the influences and all. You know, the people who try to um, to invade is one word. <laughs> um, Morocco or to come in Africa through Morocco. And there's a whole range of history. There's um, Roman ruins in Morocco, for example. That, so the Romans came and, and colonized the... Um, I can't pronounce that in English. The Byzantine. The... Byzantine. Byzantine. <laughs> um, all my history was, was learnt in French, so my words are, are French when it comes to, to history. Um, and, yeah, so in the 7th century, the Arabs came to, to Morocco. So that's when Morocco was converted to, or people were converted to the Muslim faith. And after that, quite a... Um, a few um, nations came until France, that's the, the more modern ones, but France had an interest in Morocco since the 19th century, so 1830, I think it was. And then in um, 1912, the Treaty of Fez, um, Morocco officially became a French colony. So that's pretty much the immediate history when I grew up. Um, the first language was French um, and Arabic, but there was a lot of French influence. And in 
1956, we got, um, Morocco got, was independent or was giving independence. Was, and yeah, so ever since we had monarchs ruling the country and, you know, varying degrees of benevolency. Okay, <laughs> so, so Morocco is not a republic then, it's actually a... A kingdom, I guess, or a monarchy. It is a monarchy, and um, there is a... We're not going to get too political, <laughs> but there is, um, you know, there is a parliament and, and there are elections, but um, the monarchy, and unlike other countries or, or Western countries where monarchs are figureheads, um, the monarchs in, in Morocco lead and they're the ones who rule the country, so... Okay. So you mentioned that the country had been ruled by a number of nations o o over the, the years, the, um, the Romans, the, the Turks, the Byzantine Empire, um, and ultimately the French. And I think, I think even now French is still very much the, a major language within the country, isn't it? It's, English isn't that common that's not um that's not quite true <laughs> Good. the um the the official languages i've got lots of stories <laughs> the official the official there's two official languages there's arabic and then there's berber berber is a completely different culture completely different language there's 40 percent of the population in morocco that are berber my mum is Berber, um, and it's culturally completely distinct from the other 60% um, of the population, so they're more Arab. The Berbers were the nomadic tribes of North Africa, so they used to, in a long time ago, travel from one side to the other, and, um, and yeah, they're a bit of a melting pot of different um, ethnicity, just put together and they've settled or some of the tribes settled in Morocco and I say that because languages um, I don't know I think they may come easy but I think the geography of the country makes it um, a place where you have to know a lot of languages and so French is pretty much the third um, language spoken but all education is now in Arabic it used to be bilingual, but now it's in Arabic. And English is very close, um, fourth. Okay, so now I've been put in my place with regard to the languages of Morocco. Um, tell me a little bit about the music. Ah, <laughs> with great pleasure. <laughs> and um, I... Music is really very much part of life and part of culture. And um, growing up, um, my mum used to play some um, amazing music, amazing vocals. And um, I think I'll probably start by, by letting us listen to a, one of the songs, one of her favourite bands of the 70s. And, um, and maybe I'll talk to you a little bit more about how the, the music is just intertwined with our culture so um, I'll intro the band known as the Beatles of Morocco 
There's Beatles of everywhere. <laughs> Nassel Riwan. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what this song is actually called, but it's just one that reminds me of, um, of home and, and my mum. So, thank Yeah. 
Moroccan to identify that as the Beatles. But still. Please, t- please tell us more about Moroccan music. Um, yeah, this. Uh, just getting back to to these songs that I um, remember from from you know my youth and and my childhood. I also have vivid memories of. Um, they weren't parties, just gatherings, friends coming home um, to my parents and, you know, eating and food is very much part of, of um, sharing and, and friendship. And then at one point, um, everyone seems to, you know, the instruments appear, um, everyone grabs some kind of instruments and invariably it ends into you know people singing people dancing very um impromptu but it's um it's something that i haven't experienced anywhere else and i've lived in a few places around the world and um you know there's other cultures that i'm close to and i know that it's probably more of an african maybe or south american i went to brazil brazil is the closest that um that has that and for me music is is very much that bringing people together and um i don't know just being happy that's great so (laughs) in most parts of the world with music there is dance are there is there a big dance culture within the moroccan community yeah belly dancing is very much part of um it's a version of belly dancing um 
and yeah, never. I've personally never been into um, a lot of dancing, but I do remember my sisters practicing in front of the mirror and getting the moves right. <laughs> and, um, and again, there's different dances for different music, and um, you know, big celebrations, big weddings, and things bring all the different styles together and different different kind of um, group dancing <laughs> so, so are, are, are festivals I mean religious festivals or cultural festivals part of what goes on um, yeah it's a little bit different or singular um, the religious festival just religion um, so the majority of, of Moroccans are Muslim they're um, Sunni Muslim, which is just a flavor of, <laughs> um, and the the music is almost, um, and the dancing is almost separate to um, to religious music. It's the the religious side is more chanting rather than dancing. It's more of a you know melodious recital of um <laughs> of it's a bit like in any religion like um okay. so it's a yeah it's 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 separate in my mind anyway okay so yeah. majority of the country is muslim um what would would the rest be christian or would they be sort of non-aligned or, or what there's um you know growing up um in the 80s um, there was, I remember have in in Casablanca, which is where um, where we have the house, or that's where was, my parents are staying. There was a, a big Jewish community and a big Jewish quarter, and that was in the seventies, probably. Sorry, and um, uh, you know the, the Christian quarters, and they were living harmoniously and they had been living there for for a while historically i think the jews were um if i'm not mistaken they were like expelled from europe from spain and they came and settled in morocco and had been there for a while they i think i can't remember but a, a, a seizable part of the of the jewish population went um to israel in after 48 and yeah so apart from the muslims i'm not too sure what the the small percentage of the population is but so what i really liked about that um that time is having that um you know the different influences and and the melting pots in in Casablanca. So I think it's a good time to to introduce another song that's um, that's also a fusion of of culture and um, a mixture. It's um, the singer's name is um, Um, and she's a Berber singer um, that mixes a little bit of traditional with jazz and and pop.
So after that piece of music, we've dealt with music, I guess, we've dealt with dance, we've heard about the language, we've heard about the history, uh, we've heard about the religion, but one of the other things that is really important in a country's culture is its food. So tell me more about that. Yes, food. Um, Moroccan food. I guess like many of the cultures that you said is food is is how we show love is how we um how we share um <laughs> how we welcome our friends and how we kind of feed our families and it's it's all a communal um i guess it's 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 very much uh the whole community centered around food we prepare food together. We kind of, we and we did that when when we were little on market days. My parents would bring all the food, and we'd just peel them and get them ready for for dishes for the week. Or um, on weddings, for example, all friends get together and prepare big dishes that are specific for for big events. But on the day to day basis. Um, you know, food or one of the signature dish in Morocco, I think 
people may know couscous as the grain. Um, couscous is also a, a, a dish with, um, with, depending on, you know, there's different ways of preparing it, but the grain in itself is steamed over a sauce. So just the couscous on itself has, has flavor of the whole dish. And it takes, it takes me three hours to prepare. The traditional way we don't <laughs> you don't add water in in um in 15 minutes it's a it's a whole lot of <laughs> steaming process but it's um and you know the time that you spent and that's why i say it's a it's it's a labor of love you you do cook because you love it and whoever eats it is it's it is part of of that you know, uh, sharing and closeness. I'm looking forward to you bringing some in. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I remember when I was in Morocco was the tagines. Yeah, that's the second closest, but we we um, we consider couscous as our national dish. Yeah, the tagines is are uh, um, pretty much anything that's cooked in a clay pot. Um, it's a traditional one, the ones that you know look like a cone. And um, it just adds that flavor, I think, when you cook things in, in clay. But the, um, they don't take the three hours, <laughs> but it's still, um, it's still, it's, it's like crafting a dish, <laughs> adding the, the right spices. The, traditionally, there isn't, um, obviously, we don't follow cookbooks, I think that's, and you really flavor it traditionally based on on your family's recipe a bit like you know the italians or um any of their and there's there's a variety of things there's lamb lamb is the main meat so lamb tagine or fish because obviously there's a lot of seas around us um but there's so those are almost the everyday dishes so the the key to the tagine is the spices and things that you put into it, is it? Yeah, it's very much the the spices. And but if you do cook a tagine in any other dish, you won't have the same flavour. So. <laughs> so if I was to cook my stews that I quite like in cold weather, yeah, in a tagine, it would taste totally different in a tagine pot clay pot thing uh, would taste totally different to the way it does when I do it in my it would okay. it would and my tagine is from Morocco so it <laughs> I don't know if it makes it taste better my children and uh, my son Zach in particular thinks so <laughs> so um, yeah it, it does it does uh, bring out flavors and that mixture of sweet and and sour or sweet and and spices is also um a big a big tradition i should say these days morocco is quite a big tourist destination particularly for people from europe um obviously because of the proximity does the weather well, yes, weather, but I mean, you can live in Spain and the weather's not much different to what it is 10 kilometres across the, the ditch. No. Um, but <laughs> the uh, has the cuisine changed to accommodate, let's call it the Western palate? 
Um, not the traditional cuisine. Um, I think there's more variety of choice of other cuisines, but I think uh, in the experience of going to, to Morocco, the cuisine is part of it. And because there's quite a big Moroccan community in Europe, people are used to tasting that. So it's not something that's foreign. It's more, you go to Morocco to try the food. It's, um, it's yeah, it, it's part of the experience, I think. If you didn't like Moroccan food, you may go to Spain. <laughs> okay, so we live in Perth. Can we get Moroccan food in Perth? Yes, we can get actually excellent Moroccan food in Perth. Um, I've tasted dishes that were as good as my mum's. <laughs> she, uh, she will not like that because she's a very good cook. <laughs> but I have, to, I have to admit that I've tasted some, um, even some very specific um, specifically Moroccan food because a lot of the time you get a mixture of Middle Eastern Moroccan in Perth in restaurants but um, there's a dish in particular I tried at um, Propella in North Freo it's a Middle Eastern um, restaurant but they had a fish bastilla which is um flaky pastry with almond layered and then fish kind of um, spiced fish and layers of that it's very very delicate and takes half a day to make <laughs> according to my mum's recipe <laughs> it does sound from what you just said then and what you were talking about just cooking couscous you know um, that Moroccan cooking is not something that happens quickly. No, it's a, it's a labour of love. It's not, mm, I guess, traditionally, um, it's a communal event to cook. You, you'd cook, no one would be in the kitchen on their own to cook. There'd always be someone with them, whether they're friends or relatives or, um, you know, the extended family, because there's... Um, you live with your extended extended family in Morocco, so so I think people took the time to cook and to stew things and to marinate things and to um, grind the spices and you know that's what takes time is all that preparation. For some of us who are a bit more time poor and don't have the opportunity to spend three or four or five hours or a day in the kitchen preparing, I come back to my earlier question. Whereabouts in Perth can I find some fine Moroccan food? Okay, I can't tell you all of them, or I haven't tried all of them. Um, one that I was very, very impressed with, it's not a restaurant, and it's, um, it's um, a stall, a market stall that I tasted. It was at the South Beach Night Market in, um, in Fremantle. And the store is called Shukhshukha, um, which is a, um, a, a dish, a North, northern African dish. So it's, um, 
you find it in Algeria and in Morocco, but that's pretty much the only places where you can eat shakshoka. And um, yeah, so they go to a few other places as well at the Twilight Hawker's Night Market in, in Perth, at um, the Subiaco Farm Market. So if you ever have the opportunity, try the food at that stall. It tastes delicious. And, and, this, and this particular dish that yeah. the business is named after, what is it? So shukshukha is um, um, poached, basically just poached eggs. It's not really a poached egg, but it, an egg cooked in um, in a spicy tomato sauce that we kind of have for breakfast or brunch. That's kind of our go-to quick meal. Okay, so this is one place to eat in the, the market environment. If I wanted to go somewhere a little bit more special. Uh huh. Mount Lawley's have got a um, a special, a good, a good restaurant the mashawi it's moroccan and middle eastern so it's not um it's not just moroccan but there's a lot of similarities um another one that i want to try i haven't tried i've just found it there's one in um there's a restaurant called marrakesh in um the swan valley so, and they do big functions there and it looks sumptuous. So I definitely want to try. You are making me feel very, very hungry at this point. <laughs> so we'll head towards wrapping the program up. But okay. before we do that, I think you have another piece of music you want us to hear. Yeah, and I think it's, um, it's a good um, relaxing jazz piece by um, singer called Malika Zara. And it's a nice way to end the program, I think. A bit of a smooth, jazzy music. Thank you. 
So, Malika, thank you so much for coming in today and telling us about Morocco, your home country. And it's just been really informative. So, thank you. Thank you, Tim. It's been a pleasure talking to you and reminiscing a little bit about home. Thanks. And from one Malika, we'll just go back to the other one. Thank you. 